Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Stare Down. It's a special Monday night edition after a busy weekend for all the guys on the podcast. In fact, it's such a busy weekend, one of us isn't here. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by Bill Risser in St. Petersburg, Florida. Our friend Shea Brewer joining us from Atlanta, Georgia. And Todd Meininger off on assignment at some beach in Florida. Hey, guys. What's going on, Bill? How was your weekend? You, you had a busy weekend. I think you played a little golf, but you also caught a little Broadway show in the park. Yeah, we, uh, Mama Mia from the American Stage Theater does their annual spring kind of event for about five weeks, four blocks from where we live. Uh, the producers two years ago, Hairspray last year, and this year it's Mama Mia. So we so had a great, great, they don't mess around. They bring in the good stuff, huh? Yeah, it's all top quality production, a lot of fun, great sets and stage. And about how many people sound. were there it, sitting in, sitting in lawn chairs? Would yeah. I see you can bring a little snacks and bring some drinks? Yep, absolutely. So everyone brings coolers in. So I'd say there's three to 400 people sitting on lawn chairs or on blankets. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a small, compact little area. It's a lot of fun. Super intimate. That's cool. Yeah. And golf was great. I fired another 79, Sean, which is a wow. plus, plus, plus four. My index is, my quota has gone up to 25. Yeah. After that round, it's gone up to 26, which means my index is in the 10 range. I have an outside chance of single digits one more time in my life before I die. boy. I need a couple more good rounds to get it down to a nine, which would just thrill me to no end. So well, I'll give you my golf story after we, after we hear what happened to Shay. Yeah. Shay, Shay you're down in, down in the ATL, man. You're cross country, uh, visiting some family and friends. Uh, what's going on with you this weekend? Oh, this weekend was a great weekend. I was able to come down to Atlanta, visit some family and friends. Uh, Got to check out the new uh, the new Brave Stadium. SunTrust, right? Yeah. Who did the doors and hardware for SunTrust? I think we know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's Asa Abloy. Tonight's sponsor, Asa Abloy. <laughs> so, Shane, no, uh, you, had, you had some good seats. You were kind of right behind the – about, what, four rows behind the uh, Braves dugout? I was on the first row behind the dugout. First row oh, behind very the cool. dugout yesterday. Okay. Um, really good game, high scoring game. Braves actually won. What was it, eight nine yesterday or oh. eight seven yesterday? They, they almost they almost gave it away like they did it on Saturday night, right? Did my boy yeah, Josh was, my boy Josh Donaldson went deep, didn't he? He did. He did. Yes. He went opposite field. Yeah, he did. Yes. Yeah, he did. And it, Albies it was so went, funny. Albies and him went opposite field. Wow. I'm at a I'm at a bar in the first inning. The Braves go yard first inning. By the way, I'm at a bar first inning, and the Braves go. Uh, they hit two homers in the first inning. And um, before I get to my seats and the bartender goes, relax, people don't cheer. We still have to pitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) They've got their persona already, already figured out for the year, huh? Yeah. And it's funny because here around town, listen to some local radio, you hear a name, a former Braves name that keeps popping up and popping up and he doesn't have a team right now. Kimbrell. John Smoltz. Yeah. John Smoltz. <laughs> they, they, they're, they're cheering for him, aren't they? Yeah. Get him so back. It'll Get be interesting back. to see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, they're cheering for him because the guy, the guy that they brought in Saturday night gave up the, you know, gave up the lead. And then they brought him in last night and he gave up the lead and then until it was tied. Then I think they brought in another reliever. Uh, but you, but ESPN was showing the, the highlights and you could hear the guy saying, we want Kimbrell, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Super, super funny. Um, so, you know, good time in Atlanta. When you, when you heading back? Northwest. Oh, so, so this is the, uh, this is the kicker here, guys. I know we're in the playoffs, uh, NBA playoff season here, but, uh, I go, I think I shared with you guys before last year was the first year in seven years. I haven't attended the Kentucky Derby. And mm. so I come to Atlanta, 
meet up with some friends and we'll road trip over to Kentucky, uh, go to a few galas and parties on Wednesday and Thursday and then gear up for the Oaks on Friday and Derby on Saturday. Oh, fantastic. So the, the Blazers are on the road that whole time. Do they come back on Sunday or when are they back? They actually come back on Thursday, oh. Thursday, or excuse me, next Thursday and next Sunday. So oh. I'll actually, uh, I'll be back in time for it. Actually. Gotcha. Perfect. Beautiful. Well, good for you. That's cool. So you can give us uh next weekend. We'll get the, uh, the inside the ropes, uh, tour, uh, and unless you start, unless you start working for the Churchill Downs, then we should. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you need, you need to send us, you dress up at all for the Derby? Oh, absolutely. But this year it's, uh, it's going to be a little different. I'll share the photos on the, All right. uh, on the, thir- I think I'll hit the old Twitter handle with the photos this year. All right. Got to see them. It's, it's not going to be uh, as classic and traditional as it has been. I'm going to step out on the edge and try to set a trend with this. One. Can you, can you, can you just text uh, Cam Newton or, or uh, Russell Westbrook to get some of their leftovers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may be too bright even for Derby if I put those. Nice. Nice. Well, guys, for us, it's uh, it, it, it in central Ohio. So check this out. It's April. This weekend is what? April 27th and 28th. Um, it's the almost May. Uh, we had, I think, 65 on Saturday. We had 41 on Sunday. We had snow to our friends in Chicago, Michigan, and, and uh, upstate New York had snow here at the end of May. Or at the end of April, uh, Bill, we had our, our MGA, our Men's Golf Association, kind of our kickoff scramble. They do a uh, four-man scramble. They pair it up with people, a lot of guys you don't know. They yeah. do an A player, B player, C player, D player. you got to use four, three drives from everybody. Mm. Uh, straight up scramble. Um, short, long story short, we won it, Bill. We, um, we shot 11 under, 59 on a par 70 course. Okay. Uh, we thought we played good, but we thought, you know, we're in it. We'll probably finish in the money. Um, when we finished, we were the, the fifth team to finish out of 12, I think, teams. Uh, and the guy ran it said, you guys are running away with it. We're like, wow. what? Really? And uh, I was nervous, but the, the, the results came out the next day. Uh, we, we won by five strokes. Uh, and listen, Bill, here's the thing. So I'm the A player. Somehow I, I'm at the bottom of the A's and the, you know, okay. it's kind of like the way they, they snake seed it. Um, so we used our, our, our B player and C player's drives, kind of the first six holes, like get them out of the way. And the D player, we still had all the par fives left. So we're like, you know, none, none of them are reachable. So just use his drives on those holes. So uh, I, hit a, I hit a really good drive on eight, par five. We used mine. Uh, 13, tough par three. I, I hit it a foot and a half from the hole, tap in for birdie. Use that one. And, and so, so we, we try to get the Ds out of the way. And I'm like, we get to 16. I, I blow it 45 yards into the trees. You still need two from you. Still need, still need oh, one from one. me. Okay. So, so I got 17 downhill par three, 18 a short par four. Our, our C player gets up on 17 and hits it like a foot and a half from the hole on a par three. <laughs> so I, of course, try and, and don't hit it closer. So it right. comes down to 18 where we just walk up the hill to 18 and the guys don't even stop. They just keep walking down the fairway. I pull out a three because I'm so damn nervous, right? It's like your Ryder Cup. You're just sh- you're Bill, shaking sh- in your boot. I literally was shaking. I pulled my three wood out and sky it. Don't even get to the fairway. <laughs> have 175 left to the green. And I'm thinking like, this is going to cost us the tournament. But here's the good news. Bill, I putted fourth all day. Yeah. I bet I made 135 feet of putts. Wow. I made everything. We let the pin in on almost every hole. Yeah. One of those rounds where just the three guys would putt and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go a little bit outside of your guys line and just, just 
and that's how you win scrambles, right? You, yep. you, you it's make a lot of putts. It's all, it's, it's all putting. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. We were, we were, we, you know, we, we parred the first hole and then went birdie, 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 birdie. Uh, we, every one of our, we, we made three birdies inside of five feet and everything else was outside of 20. Wow. Yeah. Nice. What do you so, use? Some shop money? What do you get? We, we get shop money and it just kind yeah. of racks up through the season. So uh, sweet. Yeah, just go back to last year. I went in uh, right before Christmas when they do the sale. You know, they're yeah. trying to get, and uh, I spent about two hundred and thirty-five bucks. Got two pullovers, four dozen golf balls, three driving, or three uh, three gloves, a <laughs> pair of Callaway shoes, and um, uh, I think a golf shirt. So it's Merry, just Merry just, Christmas to Sean. I just rack it up and just save it. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, guys, let's let's jump into it because we got a we got a lot to talk about. Actually, it's not a busy week, but just so much to talk about. Let's start with the NFL. Let's get that out of the way because we had the draft this week. Um, really quickly, Kyler Murray goes number one to the Cardinals. Joe, uh, Nick Bosa to San Francisco. Quinnen Williams goes to the Jets. Clint, uh, Clellan Farrell, fourth. And Devin White to your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I think yeah. you guys got to be happy about, right? They, they got to be kind of I mean, Josh Allen was available, I think, but, but Devin White, you know, I, I, I'll get Shay's take on this, but the, the buzz around here is maybe, you know, middle, middle linebacker, you don't go that, that high, but to have a, someone, you know, that can, that's uh, as good a rusher as Josh Allen, that might've been the way to go. Yeah. I mean, Josh Allen goes two picks later to the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. Yeah. Um, Shay, what was your thoughts? I mean, you're, you're a Bucks fan, but you're a, you kind of follow a lot of the teams. What was your thoughts on, first of all, let's just talk really quickly. Number one pick, Kyler Murray, deserved, undeserved, uh, hype, uh, you know, matching up with the Cliff Kingsbury in, you know, listen, listen, Bill, your former team, the Cardinals, two years in a row, first round draft pick, top 10 draft pick on quarterbacks. Um, something tells me, they, they aired in one of the two seasons. We don't know if they aired in both. Right. Well, that's the whole thing with the draft, right? There's, there's no, there's no sure thing. See Ryan leaf, 1997, right? Sure. There's just, you just don't know. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not a big cleave. I, I just think the cliff Kingsbury thing was a reach just trying to get another, you know, uh, McVay in the league and all with all his style and whatever. I, and then he's, of course he's going to take Kyler Murray. I think the Cardinals, um, could be in a lot of trouble. But the one thing I kept hearing today was when they were talking about quarterbacks and we'll talk about um, Daniel Jones a little bit, I'm sure, but was the, you know, Kyler Murray in, in college football and you guys watch him a lot more than I did. And Shay, you tell me what you think. He's a very poised young man. He's, he's, he's patient in the pocket. He's, he's able to kind of make the, the pocket move around a little bit. And if he's got to take off, he takes off. So he's a smart kid. Love him in the post, like the post draft interviews. Smart, yeah, sure. Kid. So maybe, maybe he can pull it off. Maybe he can be that Russell Wilson, which you know Shea knows all too well, right? I mean, Bill, if you had the offensive line, the Arizona Cardinals, you need somebody that could run a quarterback too. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, you're, if you're saying I, it, was, it was my offensive line, Shea, I'd be dead after one snap. <laughs> I'd, I'd be a White Walker after uh, you know. <laughs> John Snow got done with him. All right, there we go. <laughs> and I, I mean, so this this will be this will be a fun little experiment to watch. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury obviously has a, some sort of bromance with Kyler Murray. <laughs> Murray, uh, it, he's someone that he recruited back in high school to uh, as well. So he's he's familiar with them, and I think that he's the ideal fit for that Kingsbury system. 
And we've, I mean, we see in all kinds of sports that it's the system that you play and you find those, those pieces that fit into your system. And maybe this is the perfect fit for Kingsbury system. And maybe it's not. And if it's not, we definitely know that, that Drew Rosen wasn't. So <laughs> either way, they may be drafted another quarterback within the next three to four years. So Yeah. So here's, here's the interesting thing. So for a long time before it was, it was almost during the season, I think it was a foregone conclusion that Kyler Murray was, was in it to win it with Oklahoma because he's going to play baseball. And, and, and for a long time, especially when he got injured and then, and then stepped away from the team, Nick Bosa with Ohio State was kind of penciled in to Arizona as the number one pick. Um, Bosa now goes second to San Francisco, which San Francisco, I think, had to do. They had to take the next best player available. So here's my question, guys. Nick Bosa, who could have been number one, probably a difference in, Shay, you tell me, maybe $2.5 million. Not, not, maybe, maybe not that much, but it's still a, a difference in, in, in one versus two. Um, Nick Bosa is going to play Kyler Murray twice a year. Um, over under on, on sacks in the first two games, uh, San Francisco versus Arizona at two, you guys go over or under by Nick Bosa. I'll take the under. Ooh, by Nick Bosa, I may go under as a team. I go over. Okay. I agree with that. I agree with that sentiment. I think. Yeah. I, that that that's not set by Vegas. That's set by Sean Carpenter in Columbus. Um, just I mean, I just, Sean, we forget how many pieces the 49ers have been building year after year know, on the right? defensive line and through their linebacking core. I know their defense is going to be a force to be reckoned with. You you talk about offense. You talk about a, a hopefully a full healthy season with Jimmy Garoppolo, and you yeah. take the offense that's there now and the system that's been established the last two years in San Francisco. It's a different ballgame. Yeah, I get, that's going to be a uh, – that will be the one change in the West. You know, you got you got Seattle and you have and you have L.A. who are kind of more offensive than defense, especially Seattle kind of losing some of their pieces on defense. Um, I think San Francisco is going to be a stout defense. I, I really do. I think that that's a team that's going to love to win games 17-14, right? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I think it may be more than that. You, Shanahan's an offensive guru, man. The last time – that we really heard anything from Kyle Shanahan. He was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons taking us to the Super Bowl. So, all right, let's go. Let's go just outside the top five with the sixth pick in the NFL draft. The New York Giants select Daniel Jones, Duke. Insert cricket noise here from the Nashville fans. And, all right, so wow. so clearly it was between Dwayne Haskins or Daniel Jones. Um, look, Daniel Jones, I think. No one would argue he's a accomplished D one quarterback. Um, is he the next face of a one of the one of the premier teams in the NFL? Bill, let's start with you. Just your thoughts on Daniel Jones backing up Eli Manning? He looks just like Eli Manning, kind of. So. <laughs> right in. I, I think he just kind of has that look on his face, and I think maybe it's perfect. You know, no one will know um, when they switch him in. Look. Supposed to be so he's supposed to have pinpoint accuracy, which is critical in a quarterback in the NFL. You can't just kind of wing it and get away with it like you did in college. So if he's that accurate, um, if he's yeah. and his game management skills, I think are highly ranked. Um, so yeah, I think you know who knows, but Gettleman, you know, is just getting skewered. And he, yeah, so funny. He's he, the, what was his comment yesterday that there were two teams that were definitely. I have I know for a fact. Two teams ahead of us were going to take him. That's why we took him at the sixth spot. And he was madly trying to trade up ahead of Denver and get like the 10th pick, 
right? For something. So he could have taken Josh Allen and taken Dan Jones at 10 and got them both. He tried supposedly, but couldn't do it. Um, so we'll see. I mean, that's all you can say on that one. That's definitely, we won't know for a couple of years if uh, yeah, sure. that's all going to work out. Like, Share just your thoughts. Every player. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd rather have RJ Barrett and Zion Williamson play football than have Daniel Jones as my quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, but wow. <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> no, but I mean, let, let's, let's be real here. We talk about relationships. We talk about relationships all the time and let's not forget the relationship ties that led to this draft pick. So you look back at Duke and you know, the David Cutcliffe collect connection at Duke and David Cutcliffe was also Peyton Manning's Manning, coach when sure. he was in Tennessee. Yep. Yep. And so you look at, um, you look at Daniel Jones's workout at the Manning uh, quarterback camp two years ago and the Cutcliffe, Cutcliffe connection and just seeing how he interacts with the Mannings. And obviously the Giants front office felt like it would be an easy transition to pass the guard from Eli over to Daniel Jones because of his cerebralness, not necessarily his pinpoint accuracy or him throwing a deep ball, 70, 80 yards, 60, 70 yards, you know? Yeah. So I think that's where they took a gamble there. And, you know, good luck for him. I just I feel sorry for Saquon Barkley and how many times he's going to have to run the ball next year. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, listen, this episode 160, let's just go back and we'll, we'll revisit years from now, Bill, on Time Hop or whatever we do. Um, look, two weeks ago, you had a lot of media people that's, that four years ago said Tiger Woods will never win again. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden saying, I told you Tiger would be back. I told you he'd win again. I believe he's going to beat Jack Nicholas. And there's a lot of New York media and a lot of New York fans that if Daniel Jones becomes the next Tom Brady, will will swear to you, they never doubted it. They yeah. never, ever doubted it. Um, he may be, he may be gone in a year and a half. You're right. But um, this kid, this kid, boy, I just, I, I hope he's got a good head on his shoulders because he's going to get just devoured by the media and the fans until he proves himself. Um, and look, I don't think any of us are expecting Eli to lead that team back to their third national or third third Super Bowl title. Um, he may be in sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, and, and Saquon and the defense is going to have to do it. Uh, one more thing on the on the draft, guys. Unless you guys have something, I just want to I want to spotlight one of my favorite cities in America. Nashville won the draft. I mean, are you kidding me? Did you see the number of people on the streets on Broadway, the bars, the setups, the the off the off uh, camera events that were going on. What what was your just thoughts on what you saw with the overall draft in 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 Nashville, Bill? It was amazing. I mean, that's the one word. Just simply amazing. They they all hung out in the rain when it, when it started raining. It looked it looked like I thought it was New Orleans or something. I mean, it just a whole looked like a massive fun party. It was great. And in the NFL, and they spent a ton of money with that whole setup. Even the setup was yeah. They built the stage seen. down by the river. If I like they built, they yeah. built a tunnel for the players to walk up, so they could kind of they could catch that moment where these guys are having. They there's no one but them and that cameraman, and they're having these emotions. The emotions are kind of rushing through them. Some of them were you know excited. Others were a little more you know contemplative. But it was. It was just well done. Who was the guy? Who was the with the NFL wins? Who was the Dolphins pick that came out and kind of like jumped up to like uh, (laughs) chest bump on Goodell? Chest bump on Goodell and almost knocked him over. That was fantastic. Can't remember, but Shay, what you what you think of the atmosphere? You you're around a a pro atmosphere a lot as a fan of the Trailblazers. What um what did you think of that atmosphere? Oh, I thought it was great. 
I thought it was great. I, I love the um, the traveling road show that is the that is the NFL draft now. But I didn't even notice it was raining in Nashville until almost the end of the first round. I, I agree. So I, I didn't people. know until there I saw so on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'll it looks you. like everyone enjoyed themselves. You would have never guessed it was outside. I don't <laughs> know where I don't know where it goes next year, but they're going to have to start working tomorrow on what they're going to do to try and relive it. Because part of it is the, the Nashville experience. you got the strip of bars. Bill, you've been there. Shay, I assume you've been to Nashville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just a, yeah. it's, it's such a cool atmosphere. Um, streets all kind of feed into that spot. you got Bridgestone Arena at the other end of, of where it was. The river was right behind them, and, and Nissan Stadium was behind it. Um, just the whole setup, the, the drones where they had uh, Herb Street and Reese, Reese Davis and those guys, where they had Robin Roberts up on the top of Tootsie's wherever she was. I mean, it was just so cool. And just, just the vibe of the place um, was, was really cool. So kudos to Nashville. Great job. Obviously a, a city that, that knows how to manage big crowds, but really cool. All right, Bill, let's turn to hockey. Um, what, what's that? What's hockey? So Hockey's, yeah, we, yeah. Need to, we need to move on. I'm looking at the clock. Hockey, <laughs> hockey is a sport that, that um, <laughs> this is uh, the, the NHL minute followed by the EPL minute. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so let's let's start with with a, my boys. Let's start with the, the Blue Jackets and and Boston. Uh, Blue Jackets had a nine game layoff. Boston goes seven games against Toronto. So, the, kind of the classic question: which team benefits game one? A team that's well rested or a team that just survived uh, anxiety ridden physical seven game series? Clearly, Boston. Uh, I, I thought it'd be Blue Jackets. I thought they would, they would come in fired up. I thought they would come in fresh legs. The fact that they had fresh legs, they couldn't get their legs underneath them to figure out the physicalness of Boston. Um, you guys probably watched that game. It went to overtime. Both mm-hmm. games in the series have gone to overtime. Uh, Boston scores early. Blue Jackets scored two in the third within 13 seconds of each other. Then the then the Bruins tie it up, and, and then they win in overtime. Uh, but, but, boy, that game Saturday night, so cool as a, as a hometowner to see my, my team, the, the Blue Jackets, on primetime NBC TV. Um, it drew a 13.1 rating, highest rating ever for NHL hockey in Columbus. Oh, but by the way, Boston drew a 17.1 rating. So <laughs> it just, it just kind of shows you, like, the, you know, we're, we're learning, and Boston's been there for, you know, many, many Stanley Cups. Um, Bill, just your thoughts on that series. A very a different series than what we saw of Columbus-Tampa Bay. Yeah, I, look, the Bruins are tough. They are um, – they're a lot more physical than the Lightning. The Lightning are kind of a finesse team, and the Bruins aren't. And the Blue Jackets played a real tough physical game against the Lightning, so they're in for a different. And they know that it's not. There's no surprise there. Uh, so it's it's it could go six seven games for sure. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think yeah. uh, you know obviously if, if if Columbus can hold serve on both home games coming up, that'd be amazing. But I have a feeling we're going to be two two after four, and then. Uh, then we'll have a fun little best uh, two out of three. It'll be- yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think I think the crowd's going to come back. I mean, tomorrow the crowd's <laughs> never been in a second second round. Um, the the town is electric. It it really is. And um, having the extra day off for TV purposes going to be interesting to watch. Um, mm-hmm. How about in the other series, Carolina versus New York Islanders? Carolina, oh Shay, jump in on on, on Columbus Boston. God, and, and maybe it's just me. You guys know that I'm, I'm fairly new to the hockey playoffs and I'm absolutely loving it. Why does it seem like every game goes to overtime in the <laughs> hockey playoffs? 
Does it seem like an abnormal amount of overtime? The commissioner, the commissioner warrants it, and so it happens. And let me tell you, Shay, <laughs> would you agree with me? And you've you've watched a lot of overtime games in in the NBA, Bill. You've seen overtime football. You've seen you know extra innings and baseball. Extra, you've yeah, sure. you've seen the U.S. Open go to ex, extra. The anxiety you feel between two teams that you don't even care about when it gets to that overtime. Every time it goes into the offensive zone, you. The hair on your arm stands up like this could be the end, right? I mean, it's, What's gonna happen, it, yeah. it's unbelievable. So, um, so for me, rooting for a team, that, that first period was excruciating. And then the second period was even worse because then every time it gets a little later. But, Shay, you're right. I mean, every, every play down the ice is, is, is incredible. Um, Carolina, New York Islanders, Bill. I, Carolina beats Washington in game seven. Um, they go on the road against a team that swept Pittsburgh. And they've won two now in two really low-scoring games. But, boy, the goalies have been outstanding in that yeah, series. Well, that's, that's well, much, much like Tuka Rask and, 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 and Bobrovsky in, mm-hmm. in our series. Look, defense – in hockey, defense wins. Just, just as, as it does in basketball, as it does in football in the playoffs, right? It's all about that. So, um, I think it's – you know, for me, it's, it's – what, what that announcer call the kids in Nashville, the Canes, like those jerks from Nashville – I'm rooting for him now. I want him to yeah. go on and do something to have fun, and let's see what the celebration looks like after, uh, you know, <laughs> another win in Nashville. So. Yeah, just just to piss off Don Cherry, the yeah, jerks of jerks jerks of uh, Carolina. Uh, out west, uh, you got St. Carolina. Louis sorry, yeah. Yes, St. Louis and Dallas are tied up one one. Uh, two two hard fought hard fought games. Uh, once again, I think you you probably expect that series to go back, and one of the teams to you know, they're probably going to split. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think you get to this point in the season, Bill, and you almost expect a six or seven game series. You right. just don't expect a, a you know, because the teams match up. And then, and then Shea out west, kind of the teams that are probably closer to you, um, Colorado and San Jose. Once again, Colorado, much like, much, much like the Blue Jackets, the eighth team in. Um, they find a way to win over San Jose. Um, hard fought game, but they just, you know, battle through and, and, so we have basically a two-two, a the only the only series that's o two right now is Carolina New York Islanders heading back to to, to Carolina. Can't, but you can't, you can't gloss over Shea's VGK Knights. I mean, they uh, oh, oh Nelly. Let's, yeah, let's talk about that. Ooh, Ooh. Let's talk about that because that was way, before our last episode. That's my boss, the owner. Of the what Knights, an ending! Boss. Yeah. <laughs> which, which by the way, hey, Bill, by, wait, you, wait, uh, hold on, Shay, hold on, Shay, to... Shay, hold on. Before we talk about it, which the NHL has came out and said was a bad call. They apologized to Bill Foley, the owner of the team. And they got four goals on the game misconduct five-minute major. I want to know, Shay, did you know on five-minute majors that they just keep scoring? There's no, they don't, the player doesn't come out of the box. Did you know that before that play? I'm watching the game, and I say, what is this, bowling? Let's <laughs> <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> yeah, that, that five-minute major is, is – uh, it, I've never seen four goals scored, scored ever in a five-minute major. That, it was literally in three minutes and, what, 41 seconds? Yeah, that's, that's just insane. I mean, it's one thing when you see your team, and Bill, you've seen it. You know, you've probably seen it in the, in the arena and on, on TV, certainly, where your team is just constantly getting assaulted. It's like, can we get the puck out of the – Just can't, get it out of the blues. Get it out of the zone, yeah. And they can't clear anything. Like, just get an icing. Who cares? Yeah, just, yeah. just so we can shift up. And, uh, I mean, that was, that was the most – now – I watched it on replay. I, I wasn't watching live, but the onslaught of just the goalie was just getting pummeled. Yeah. Um, you know, just, and it turned out to be a bad call. I mean, once again, the guy went down, he was hurt, but 
it, just a tough. Yeah, you watch that play over and over. It it was he just lost his balance. It had nothing to do. There's that that little shove and the push happens on every play for yeah. every player in the game. It just he just lost his balance and went yeah. down awkwardly. And that's now not- now now VGK does tie it up with a shorthanded goal at the end. Um, they, they do tie it up, and then in overtime, you know, they lost uh, quickly into the overtime. But wow, what a what a game! Um, we'll see how that plays out. But once again, we have a one or a one one o two one one and one one perfect heading, heading to the arenas. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of great action. So let's let's head to the NBA. All right, um, we are in round two. We just finished round two. Let's finish with the last game that got us into round two: um, Denver, San Antonio. Did you guys see how that game ended? I did not. There was so Shay, maybe you can talk us through it, but there was so much noise in the Pepsi Center. I believe that's where they play in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, Pop, did you see Pop was on the floor, four steps on the floor, trying to get his guys to call timeout, and the referee was almost just like, "Coach, you got to go back," but they could not hear Pop wow. telling him to foul his players. Now, Shay, let me ask you as a as a basketball fan. Do the guys not understand the situation, or is that strictly a call from the bench to foul at the end there? I mean, because they they let the game – they let the clock run out. A little both. So, it, I mean, it it's coaching, it's strategy, it's, it's how you've been taught. Um, but you should always understand time and score. Always understand time, situation, and score. But there's typically an automatic – call from the bench whether it's uh whether it's a color or a hand signal to go ahead and go to intentional file to extend possessions and extend the game and apparently pop was verbalizing that and his players didn't get it so then he was trying to physically get a timeout to relay the message to his guys and he couldn't get the timeout across either and right but they couldn't hear it it was so loud <laughs> yeah that's tough man that's tough the NBA officials are—they're—they're they're taking a beating right now. They are beating. <laughs> so let's 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 go right there, Shay, for a second. Do you think with the end of that that game, Denver San Antonio game seven, and the game one of Golden State Houston, which became just an absolute abomination of refereeing at the end, do you think will we see it change immediately tomorrow or tonight in tonight's games? Do you think it will? You think there was an edict that came down from from Adam Silver to tighten it up or to let it loose? Oh, absolutely. I think it was it was Which one? to come down to, to tighten it up, to tighten things up. And these guys are evaluated. Even in the playoffs, these officials are evaluated. These officials are evaluated at halftime. They can go in at halftime and talk to these officials and, and point out points of emphasis or things that maybe they should focus on second half. And right. there's communication there from the league to these officials and it's no secret i mean these officials i mean they have their own twitter account where they're explaining calls shout out to the houston rockets so their analytics team came out today and put a message out that missed or blown official calls actually accounted for 18 i think it was 18 almost 19 missed points for the rockets or potential points for the rockets and they lost I mean, by four yeah but i'm putting that information out there it's pressure that's pressure for the you, lead to address it, and how much, how much, how many points did they say the Golden State Warriors lost? I, I'm not sure. This was uh, this was the oh, Rockets analytics team. So they, but, yeah, of course they, they, they didn't analyze the other side. <laughs> <laughs> and MSNBC versus Fox News, right? <laughs> so Shay, we got to talk about Harden's uh, uh, shooting style <laughs> from outside yeah, the right? arc. You know what, what? You know the fact that he is he does launch himself on every three point shot, right? 
a couple of feet toward the basket. He doesn't go straight up and straight down. He, he, you know, obviously a big topic of conversation today after last night. But he launches himself forward. So how can a defender even come close to, you know, trying to contest the shot if he's continually leaping into the space that should be theirs if he just shoots a jumper like every other player in the history of basketball, which is straight up and straight down? What, 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 how do, hey, how do you fix that? Or how do you that's defend the, that? That's the thing, guys. This, is, uh, this isn't necessarily new. If yeah, you he's look been back, forever, right? It, it, yeah, and if you look back and you study the greats of the NBA game, you don't have to go that far to see Reggie Miller did the exact same thing mm-hmm. where it was, you know, you're kicking out your legs, you're kicking out your arms to draw contact and it makes it extremely difficult to defend. So in the NBA, you have uh, the law of verticality, um, so to speak. So a defensive player is allowed to go straight up and straight down and contest a shot. But at the same time and going straight up and straight down, you have to give the offensive player an opportunity to land. And so if you go straight up or straight down, but the offensive player is coming into you, Essentially, you're evading their landing space. And so that's why it's technique by the rule, that's a foul. And so is it annoying for James Harden? Yes. But at the same time, he studied history and he's found a loophole in the rules. And by yeah. the law or by the rule, he's in the right. So yeah, essentially, so- as a defensive player, you have to contest it and then somehow jump back after you contest it. Not going to happen. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I think I think there's going to be – maybe they'll call it the Harden rule one day where – um, he, you have to, you, you that that play has to work both ways, and I think, I think the non-call on so many of those was the right call, because if Harden's going to launch himself into the player while he's taking the shot, and the player's not, you know, and, and Thompson was close, I get it, but you know the the defensive player is doing his role and and giving him space to land where he shot the ball from, it's a no call, and if Harden wants to keep doing that. He'll keep getting no calls. Now, look, when you, you pump fake and a guy goes up and the player jumps into him and throws the ball wildly up, I get that. You got the guy up in the air, do whatever you want to do. But when you're mm-hmm. taking a shot and, a, and a, a player's allowed to try and, you know, make the shot more difficult. But, man, that, that's, that's – I think, I think <laughs> it can't be a charge, but it almost feels like a charge on a three-point shot <laughs> because he's jumping into the player <laughs> as opposed to – I don't know. Uh, you know, and that defensive player set in his position. I'm just telling you, he might have jumped up, but he's he's not moving, um, uh, you know, forward or backwards, and he's he's being charged into. So I don't know. We'll see. So guys, let's let's talk about Golden State winning one their first game of the series. I believe I saw on Sports Center today, Steve Kerr 17 and one in game ones in series since he he's been a coach. So clearly a key to get off to that 1-0 start. Um, Let's go back to the last game of the other series, Shay. Uh, the game six, Golden State goes down to L.A. Clippers. Durant or uh, Durant has probably one of the best games in the NBA playoffs so far this year. Um, Fifty points, thirty-eight in the first half. Did Did you see the press conference of Beverly and uh, the other guard after the game? Did you see the the answer to the question of how do you what 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 could you have done differently, Bill? Did you see it the the, the the answer to what could you have done differently, and and Beverly looks at the guy going like, what would you have done? I think it was a, <laughs> I think it was a lady, and he goes, no, I'm being serious. I'm yeah. being dead serious. What would you have done differently? We we tried double teaming him. We tried triple teaming him. We tried single coverage. We tried man to man. We tried zone. He he's one of the best players in the NBA. He had a great game. I just thought it was a it was a very honest answer. You could tell there was some frustration some embarrassment, but also some reality that he just, he just had a, a game Shay that I don't know how you stopped it. Right. 
Well, you know, his answer, uh, <laughs> he did an interview. They did an interview with him before game three, after the, the Warriors went down in game two. And they were the interviewer was asking him about the interaction with Patrick Beverly, and you know was Patrick Beverly slowing him down defensively? And he, he said, "I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, how, how about this? Uh, what was it? Um, there was an, a reporter that went to Kerr after Game Six. No, I'm sorry. Last night after Game after last night's game, and said the reporter says, "Have you ever seen a player?" have a four-game stretch like Durant's having right now. And Kerr looks at the guy and smiles and says, well, I did play with this guy named Michael. I don't remember his last name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like son. you got to figure that out. You, before you ask a question like that, remember Steve Kerr played with Michael. He has rings with Michael. Yeah. It, it was, I just want to bring that up because I just thought it was such a fun answer. Um, let's, stay out, let's stay out west. Um, tonight we have game one of a series much like the Blue Jackets. Uh, Portland's been sitting around for, gosh, how many days, Bill or Shea? How many, they've been sitting around for almost a week, right? Yeah, it, uh, it is a week today. After, so after, exactly after week. one of the best cl- get, series clinching shots we've seen in a long time, <laughs> uh, Dame Lillard uh, comes across half-court line, pretty much blows everybody else off on the court. He's one-on-one with Paul George and just hoists up a, what, a 38-footer, uh, knocks it down. Um, I loved his answer afterwards. He says, I have no pressure on me. We either win or we go to OT. There was, there was no lose in that shot. Um, Paul George came out and said it was a, it was a bad shot. Uh, <laughs> Dame Lillard, I loved his response on, on, on Twitter was like bad shot with a, with a shrugging, with a shrugging emoji. Um, you know, I, I loved, I just loved the whole setup of that. And, and Dame, I think through his actions and his follow-up, He's gained a lot of fans. I think. I think Portland winning their first series since fourteen. Is that right, Shay? No, twenty twelve. Last time since, was Dame when since he 20, the shot against Houston. His rookie since, season. Okay, so wow. since twenty twelve, his rookie season. Um, I think Portland's gained a lot of fans. I think Portland, much like the Blue Jackets, Bill. Um, a lot of the teams that aren't in it right now. A lot of the teams that have an NBA f- um, fan base. Kind of picking like, well, who do we want to see win it? Not Golden State, not Boston, not, you know. I, I think Portland's gaining a little momentum as this team that just has some good players on it that we haven't seen much. But by, by, by that logic, you're looking at a Portland-Toronto f- finals and the uh, network would be just crap in the pants. <laughs> <laughs> Portland and Toronto. <laughs> we could never have that. That would be bad for everyone. That would be bad. <laughs> there would be like Wikipedia searches of where is Portland? Where well, is First Toronto? of all, what, one of the cities is in Canada. There's, not even, <laughs> there's no ratings for yeah, the network. Right? But Shay, talk about this upcoming series uh, as a fan. Just talk as a fan. Uh, you know, what do you – just give us some insights because I – if you if you gave me a case of beer right now to name one player on Denver, I would be going. I would drink water. I I don't know one player on Denver. Well, I'll um, okay. Uh, I'll do a little bit of both. We talk about players on Denver. Uh, they're led by by the Joker, who's an absolute beast inside. I mean, um, you talk about a seven footer that can give you a triple double any and every night. I mean, his passing skills as a big man is just uncanny compared to anyone else in the league right now and then their second best player their other leader the point guard who's Canadian a Canadian that actually played for John Calipari at Kentucky and that's Jamal Murray 
Oh yeah. Um, they're okay. very, they're very young and, uh, and inexperienced and Mike Malone's their coach and they're, they're very inexperienced and young, but at the same time, they can be extremely exciting to watch. Um, one of my former players, I used to coach AAU basketball. One of my former players actually plays for Denver and gets significant minutes as well. And Malik Beasley. Um, so that's the, kind of a name to watch. And Shout I'll, out to Malik. I'll yeah. loudly be rooting for Malik, even though he's playing against the Trailblazers, uh, my home team, but yeah, I'll definitely be rooting for Malik as well. And now on the, on the Trailblazers side, everybody knows Dame and CJ McCollum. Um, but with Nurk out, who are the inside guys to watch? Obviously the kid that played for Kentucky, um, who's just a, a offensive rebounding beast. Um, his name is, uh, who's the guy that played for Kentucky one season um, on your team? He had a, he had 18, well, 18 and 19 in the last I round. I think you're, uh, I think you're speaking of uh, in his canter. Yeah. He played for Kentucky. I think, I, I think we're going in his canter there. Um, yeah. So the canter is questionable with the shoulder. Mm, um, okay. So that's kind of something to watch. He actually played with a separated shoulder in game five the closeout game. He played the game with a separated shoulder. Wow. So him and Paul George were both bum bum shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely um, bearing the brunt of the work inside in Nurk's absence. You got Zach Collins who's been in the league a few years now. He played one year at Gonzaga. Um, He's more of a stretch four. He's uh, able to contribute a little bit more offensively, but defensively I think is where we step up and you've got Evan Turner and Alfred Camino and Mo Harkless is playing extremely well. Oh, Evan Turner just have turns with you guys now. Former Buckeye. Yeah. 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 So you've got a lot of bodies that are just contributing just a little more and just a little more to collectively make up for the absence of, of Nurkic down low. So Shay, let me ask you, um, let me ask you this as a, as a, as a uh, novice NBA fan, I think Bill's probably in the same boat. Um, we know Golden State Houston, high scoring, all-star laden teams. Is this a, is Portland Denver a high scoring series or is it a defensive strategic series? I think it's definitely a lot of strategy. I don't necessarily think the strategy is going to equate to, to defensive stops. Okay. But um, it's definitely a lot of strategy that goes forward. I think that uh, when you put together the Damian Lillard, CJ uh, McCollum combination, you're looking at two of the best uh, one-two guards and that, that understand how to play with each other and play off each other as well. And, um, and what, I, in the NBA. what I learned in the first series watching, both those guys can shoot it from the outside, but both those guys are not afraid to take it inside. I mean, I think I think Dame had I think if I saw the stat right, he had almost forty eight to forty five percent of his points were inside uh, the paint, and he he takes it to the hole, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean these guys attack the rim, and they understand that attacking the rim is how you draw the extra defender, and that frees open your that frees up your teammate for that open shot. And if your teammates in an open shot, now no one can help, and so you can get baskets. Uh, get layups or get baskets at the free throw line, and eventually it may open up your shot a little later in the game as well. So these guys have played together for a, a long time, and they have great chemistry together, and it's good to see the fruits of their labor and to see Portland um, win a playoff series finally. One more one more specific thing about Portland, uh, Shay. Um, as a fan of the team who, who's watched them up close, does Dame Lillard bring that same swagger against a Denver team that he – that he had against a Paul George and a Russell Westbrook that clearly it was personal in that last series. It, would you agree with me, Bill? I mean, it, it looked personal. Every time Dame made a shot, he would shrug, do the, do the bird. I mean, Shay, let me ask you, like, it, is it the same intensity against a Denver? 
I think it's the same will to win. Is it? Um, it almost became personal with Russell Westbrook, and this isn't something yeah. new. This is something that, that started in like 2016, I want to say. Hmm. Um, but especially after Oklahoma City wins Game Three in Oklahoma City, or excuse me, Game Four in Oklahoma City, it, 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 the the guys on the Blazers team, I think publicly, they expressed they kind of took it to heart. Um, at the end of the game, you see Russell Westbrook throwing up a three and he's rocking a baby in Dame's face. And you see Dennis Schroeder just doing the Dame time after they win, you know, pointing to his wrist doing Dame time. The game is clearly decided. The the Blazers are down by like seven with like two seconds left to go. And Paul George comes down and just gives an emphatic dunk just to kind of stick it to you, you know, at the end of the game. And those guys took note of it. And I think those guys took it personally. Um, I read a quote that Dame had, and he said when he came home, he said to his wife, I'm going to knock those guys out tomorrow, nice. the night before the game. So <laughs> He called so a I shot, yeah. It, yeah, it became a little personal. Um, okay. That's not his nature. That's not the team's nature. These group of guys are a wonderful group of guys. And Dame's like, man, Dame's one of the greatest, most humble guys that I've seen as far as NBA players. You know, he's just – Hi, my name's Damien, just a straight up and down good guy. He likes to smile. He likes to laugh. His family is always around him. After the shot, you see um, you see a guy in a red Blazers jersey run on the court, and, you know, they kind of exchanged the moment. A lot of people didn't realize that's Dame's brother. And Dame's yeah. brother's always there. His mother's always there, and his, and, his, and his wife's there. Like, he's a true family guy. Like, he's from Oakland, but he made Portland his home, and he right. really loves Portland. I really think it was the coming out party for Damien uh, that that went over the, the 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 thunder. Yeah, because it's I think a lot of people that are, if you know the game really well, if you're really into it, you understand he's a top ten player in the league. I think that uh, a whole lot more people found that out, right? Wouldn't you agree? All NBA first team last year, guys. A lot yeah. of people don't realize that. Yeah, it's all crazy. NBA first team. Yeah, last year. Bill, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. I think I think people watch that series. Um, you know, Russell Westbrook probably you know, as good as he is, probably has more detractors just because of his kind of his, his, his attitude. Um, I just want to share this quote. I shared it on social media today. It's not recent, but it, it does go to show who Dame Lillard is, Damian Lillard. Um, this is a quote from a few years ago, but they asked him about the pressure he faces as an NBA player. He says, quote, pressure, nah, fam, this is just playing ball. Pressure is a homeless man who doesn't know where his next meal is coming from. Pressure's a single mom who's trying to scuffle to pay her rent. We get paid a lot of money to play a game. Don't get me wrong. There are challenges, but to call it pressure is almost an insult to regular people. I just love that approach, man. I just love that, that, that keep it real, man. These guys are playing a sport that they love to do. Like Tiger Woods loves to play golf and, and, and Mike Trout loves to play baseball, but these guys realize they're playing a sport. And I just think, I think Dame, you know, their approach and, and CJ McCollum and the way they, they piled, you know, they, they just, they dog piled him at the end of that game. That wasn't just for show. That was, these guys love playing together. And for the, for, for them to look Shay, for them to hook that Portland team onto their back. I talked about earlier in the NHL segment about my blue jackets. Just talk to us about what Portland's going through right now. Just the, just the town. You know, it, it's love. If I can put one word out, it's love. Um, Portlanders are really proud. They're proud people as a whole. They, um, they're not necessarily the flashiest or the loudest people, but they're kind. They're kind and they're caring. 
and they're they're intelligent too and i think portland is really proud and they love that team and they love what the team is doing and what the team's doing for the city and so they get behind the team it's not necessarily um excitement that you might see in a in a larger market or you know in a, even a sports town like a chicago or you know any other these other major sports towns but it's like a, we're a all tampa part of the something like that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Stanley like Cup and a Super like Bowl and a World Series appearance. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's like they're they're all a part. Like everyone's a part of it. And the team's done a great job of including everyone and letting allowing us to feel like we're a part of this journey. We're a part of these guys. A lot of people don't realize almost every guy on that team was a top 12 pick in the draft. Mm. Right? <laughs> Nice. You see, no real. I mean, we talk about Damian being a superstar, but he doesn't get the credit that that I feel like he deserves throughout the league. But it's like a bunch of underdogs, but they were top twelve. Play, they were top twelve picks in the NBA draft. You know what, Shay? You know, you know, you know what, Shay? Here's what's kind of cool about what you just said. He's eight wins away from getting the respect he deserves. Like he's that close to all of a sudden everyone in the world knowing who he is. Um, he makes it to the to the. Western Conference Finals, he makes it like he's that much closer to being all of a sudden in more highlights for the Milwaukee fans, for the Atlanta fans, for the Charlotte fans, for the Columbus, Ohio fans that never heard him. The kid played at Weber State, you know, and, um, you know, I guarantee you most people when I say Weber State, they have to Google where's Weber State. It's in Utah. But I Googled that earlier today. That's why I know that. Um, but I, I, I like this kid. I, I'm looking forward to watching him. So let's let's go out east, guys, really quick. Let's go out east. Uh, we saw game one, Boston, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, the number one seed. Boston, a team that has been been. Uh, I hear birds chirping. Where is that coming from? <laughs> I'm in Georgia, man. No, it's outside. <laughs> so, so, Bill, were you, were you surprised by that score in the Boston Milwaukee game? Yes. Yes. Like a 20-plus yeah. point blowout at Milwaukee. It was 30. It was 120 to 90. It was 30 points, right? Yeah, I 29, think. I think. Yeah. 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 So, but, uh, yeah, that uh, was that was uh, unexpected. Giannis, uh, obviously, they had a – they, I guess, would exploited a couple of Giannis's weaknesses, right? That yeah. jumper and a couple of other, you know, things. and uh, Or I guess his lack of vision, maybe, for, for addition to ball off. But – um, if they can shut him down, then that, that Bucks team is done. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I believe if we go back a couple episodes, I think Shay might've said Boston might be one of his picks out of the East. Shay, what, yeah. what did you see in that series that was it Kyrie? Was it Al Horford on Al Horford on defense was a man against, against Giannis. So you got a couple things here, guys. You got to understand the storylines behind it, right? Al Horford was amazing. Al Horford, uh, was formerly of the Atlanta Hawks. When Al Horford made the run with the Hawks when they were in the playoffs for, what, four or five consecutive years, right. the coach of that team was Mike Budenhoser. Oh, Mike Budenhoser right. yeah. is now the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. So the same system, it's not like Budenhoser adjusted the system even when he got two Giannis. Okay? So mm. Budenhoser just found nice. a way to fit Giannis into his scheme. Al Horford understands the scheme because that's the system that he grew up in. Mm-hmm. So he's able to exploit those gaps and understand those weaknesses in the system. And therefore he looked like a million bucks the other night. Coach Budenholzer is a smart guy. What I know about Coach Budenholzer is and he'll make those adjustments. And I think we're going to have a series here. I'll tell you, I, I watched this morning at the gym. I was watching Tim Legler break down kind of the, the stop action, you know, where he circles the guys and draws where they're going to go. Boy, he he nailed almost – 
Now, granted, he's got the replay 45 times, but he explained to me as a, as a novice NBA fan how they shut down Giannis with the lack – the Bill, it was almost – I don't know if you saw it, but it was almost the um, – they showed him like one-on-one isolated out on the wing and how the Boston team didn't double-team too early because Giannis is such a good passer, he would have found the open man. So they delayed their double-team – based on which way he spun, it was so cool. Um, so Shay, talk, talk about that for a second. Cause Giannis, as good as he is, he's a great, he's a great overall player that understands the game. What do you see differently in game two from Milwaukee? Before you answer Shay, I just a quick comment. Did you say Jim? You were at the gym? I just wanted to make sure that was a great name. Yes. That was awesome. Go ahead. Go ahead, Shay. Um, so I think I think one of the adjustments you'll find is Giannis. Giannis has great vision, right? And Giannis has he's developed he's a six better nine. He's six yeah. nine, right? Yeah. And see, a lot of people don't remember before Boonehoser gets to Milwaukee, the coach of that Bucks team is Jason Kidd. And whether you could say whatever you want about Jason Kidd, love him or, or, or hate him, Jason Kidd forced Giannis to play point guard. He for saw the, the game. Score, season. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And so you're dealing with one of arguably the best point guards in NBA history is teaching a six, nine guy how to play point guard. You're understanding it and you're learning those leadership, those leadership qualities, how to lead a team. So I think at this point, you, you saw Boston wait until Giannis puts the ball on the floor to double team him. Giannis is going to be more cognizant of where everyone is and where to make the adjustment so when the double runs at him, he knows exactly where to go out with the ball. And he's going to have to make a jump shot. Let's be honest. He's got to make a jump shot. Yeah. All right, other series in the East kicks off tonight. Uh, Philadelphia, Toronto. Uh, I got nothing. I got – or no, it's game two, right? <laughs> game two. Is it game two, yeah. Yeah, yeah because I, I, think, uh, I think the kid uh, from Toronto – Kawhi? Went off. Yeah, I think I think Kawhi went off. More than a kid, he's been around a little while. Well, but <laughs> all I saw was he had a pretty good game one, right, Shay? He did. He did. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Philadelphia attacks it. Uh, the game's on as we speak, and just from what I've gathered in the first half, they're doing a lot more um, inverting their guards and posting up their guards. So Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler are getting more post looks, which is interesting because we talk about the bigs on Philadelphia, but we hardly ever mention the bigs in Toronto. Mark Gasol is the big in Toronto. Mm. And Mark Gasol is no slouch, right? He's been there, right? He's been. Yep. Yeah, he may not be as agile as he once was, but he understands the game, and he's a big body to move around. So I think that Philadelphia and Brett Brown's doing a, a good job of trying to lure their bigs out and then force the guards to do work inside with their bigs crashing the board. So a, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a lower score. I, would, I wouldn't bet my money on it, but I would get. I would guess Mark Gasol has double digits in playoff games under his belt. Is that right? Oh, At, are you kidding me? Yeah. But, but, <laughs> yeah. but Memphis didn't exactly get out of the – you know, they didn't make it to the NBA Finals ever. So – but he's probably got 12, 14 games under his belt. I mean, that, and that's that says something, right, Shay? Yeah, and let's not forget how many Euro Cups Marc Gasol's been in. Mm, there you go. That's you true. grew up yeah. in a Gasol household and with, <laughs> with him and, and Powell and then playing for the Spanish national team. Like, he's got he's got some experience. Yeah, yeah. So Is, so, is Embiid out of that game? Is he hurt? I heard he had a little uh, issue. He's, st- he's still playing now. Well, okay. he was uh, right. okay. probably about two minutes ago. Just All right. 
So as we head in, you know, we're going to have a couple games under the belt before our next episode. Um, Shay, let me just ask you in the East, uh, you know, what do you, if you had to sort of project that Boston Milwaukee series, do you, is it too early to tell based on tomorrow night's game or do you really think Paul Pierce came out and said the series is over. Now, Paul Pierce is very biased play for Boston. Um, you know, do you think that series is over? Do you think tomorrow night's game really determines what happens in that series? I think every series in the NBA, with the exception of Portland and Denver, goes at least six, if not seven games. Okay. All right. Good call. Let's let's just leave it at that. Bill, let's jump over to Major League Baseball. We're 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 a month in. Um, we've started to see maybe maybe some things that aren't aberrations. We're starting to see some things that that are sort of setting up. Let's start in the NL. NL. Uh, Philadelphia, St. Louis, LA Dodgers, uh, your, your leaders. Yep. If I said, if I said those three teams in February, you'd say, okay, makes sense. Sure. Uh, especially after Bryce Harper signs with Philadelphia, uh, St. Louis, blue blood, yep. Dodgers, blue blood. Philadelphia. It's, it's, what's, it's what's below that. That's kind of interesting, right? You get a right. Padre, a Padres team. That's, you know, right on the Dodgers heels with with some players fernando tatis jr is the real deal flag i know yeah. Vlad, you know tough injury last night uh for tatis yeah, yeah he'll be back they think it might only just be a few days yeah um, just a spray um, a sprain growing yeah yeah but then you got uh you know vlad gets well in the al vlad gets called up vlad jr is going to be amazing but super cool yeah a lot of young talent that's out there in the uh in, in the edit yeah, NL West has some of it. So it's good because Bellinger, are you kidding me? 14? Yeah, well, I'm going to get to yeah, I'm going to get him in a second. Yeah, we'll, right. we'll go individuals in a second. Right. Uh, let's talk AL. Um, AL, let's go. Let's go Tampa Bay. Go ahead. Let's go. Let's go west to east. Oh, okay, uh, damn it. Houston, Houston, <laughs> Houston, Minnesota, and the Tampa Bay Rays yeah. in first place. Yeah. And it's not an aberration anymore because the defending world champion Red Sox. I saw a stat last night on Twitter. Pretty cool. Um, Last year, they lost their 19th game after 58 games. Ooh. This year, they lost their 19th game after like 27 games or something like that. It's, it's, I mean, it's unbelievable. They're, they are, they are the, almost the, I think they're the fourth worst team in baseball right now, record-wise. Seven and a half back after uh, the, the Rays had a little mini two-game sweep of a series <laughs> with a rain out. Yeah. So, so, Bill, your, your Tampa Bay Rays plus 44 on runs. Here's the deal. Um, Here's the deal. Great offense. There, there's a, there's, They've got a lot of um, guys kind of playing a little above average, which has to happen. Think about the Houston Astros. You know, that year they won it all. Everyone kind of played above. But they're pitching, Sean. When you got Blake Snell, you know, the past Cy Young, Cy Young Award, or Charlie Morton, who was on that Astros team. Yep. And, and Tyler – well, Tyler Glass Tyler now. Glass now. I mean, <laughs> dude, he's unbelievable. He was nothing at Pittsburgh. He just couldn't do anything right. Five wins. He's 5-0, and oh, and, and and he's pitching great. Um, I watched him in spring What's his training. run support, though? His run support's like 4.9. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. But but he's he's pitching great. So I think um, it's going to be fun to watch. And, and, you know, it's funny, Shay, you were talking about – Yankee injuries, you know, a few weeks ago, it's up to like 15 guys on the IL, they call it now. And, uh, and they're still two games back or two and a half back. They're hanging in there. They're playing great baseball, even with all those guys out. So that, that definitely, you know, would make you be a little worried if you're a Rays fan. And look, we are way too early to even worry about any of this. As far as playoffs go, you just got to keep taking them one game at a time. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. So we're gonna we're gonna start a come on give me another. we're gonna start a new segment here on the stare down. It's gonna be called the Bills Walk Up Price. So Bill, <laughs> you you walked up to to the trop 
Uh, you, I believe you, you left your, your apartment, you walked over to the tropic, uh, you know, a 20 minute walk. No, it's not 20. It's less than 10. Okay. So less than 10. You, you went <laughs> to a six, it's six blocks. You went to a, you went to a Tampa Bay, Kansas city game last on, week on a Tuesday night and you walked up and did you have to wait in line for tickets? No. And, and was there a, was there standing room only or were you able to get tickets? Uh, there were 10, at least 15 to 18,000 seats left in a 25,000 seat stadium. Yeah. Okay. So, so you paid how much, how much for your ticket? $16. $16. Bucks and you got to sit out by yourself, enjoy a spot. You could probably move down if you wanted to, but you just found a spot. You said I find a, a spot where there's no one within 100 feet of me. Okay. So let's just, let's just each week, Shay, <laughs> every month, we'll kind of just check on Bill's walk up uh, and let's see how long it takes because of traffic. Let's see how long it takes because he stops because the, the nightlife at the bars is crazy. No, no, there's um, nothing. It's a Tuesday <laughs> night. It's, it's a Tuesday night in St. Petersburg, Sean. You don't understand. It's as fast as you can walk a half a mile. And then that's how far away I am. <laughs> and then when it's over, now look, I might stop at Tony's for a slice and a beer. And on the way home, I might stop at Sweet Charlie's for some rolled up ice cream. Uh, but uh, you, I can't wait for you guys to get here in the summertime because we will go to the trap. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's I mean, a cavernous, cavernous arena. But hey, if the team keeps winning, who knows? They might even get the, the lower bowl filled. They might, right? they might take a tarp or two off the top deck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so really quick, let's talk individuals. Let's talk individuals. Um, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a start like this. I, mm. I, I think statistically you haven't. Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger um, in the NL, both in the NL, Milwaukee and, and Dodgers, 14 home runs each. Um, but Bellinger, 14 home runs. Billy's batting 427 right now. 42 or 48 hits, and we're not even out of the first month. And Billy – I think he's got 43 hits, I think, okay. but he's got 36 RBIs, which means the, which means the Dodgers offense is getting people on bent uh, on the, on, on base. So the pitchers can't pitch around Bellinger. He's on pace for 200 RBIs. Do you understand that? Over two, there's six months in a season. <laughs> in yeah. one month, he has like 36. Two, last time I heard 200 mentioned in a, in a batter statement, it was Wade Boggs or Ichiro hits. Yes, right. correct. Yeah. Um, don't forget guy, Tony. Don't forget Tony Gwynn. Come on, All Tony right. Gwynn. Okay. Right. Yeah, but but I mean, Yelich and, and Bellinger. It's it's kind of just almost fun to follow on on your on your Sports Center app. Yeah. When right. they when they bat, right? Right. I mean, right. Yep. These guys are just raking right now. Yeah, Yelich. Yelich got dinged up. He was uh, uh, out of game, I think. But he should be he should be playing back either tonight or tomorrow. But they look. They still got the uh, the month's not over till tomorrow night. So. We'll see if uh, either one can get to 15. I think, I think uh, Bellinger's OPS is somewhere in the 1,300 range. Oh, my God. Just, I didn't think about that number. I mean, that's just, you know, so yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, I hate the Dodgers, but you got to love the kid. So. so you can tell Shay's got the uh, allergies there down in the south. <laughs> it's wiping you out, huh, Shay? Sorry, guys. No, Please, no worries. Different here. Yeah. So Shay, Shay, you were you were at the Braves game the other day, but uh, boy, I know when you get back up home, uh, Seattle. Even though they kind of went on a little skid, they listen to this, guys. Seattle was one of the leading teams in baseball. The last two games, they've lost fifteen to one and fourteen to one. Um, so they were they gave up twenty nine runs in the last two days, and they're still leading. I think the AL in 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 differential. Um, so there's just a, a lot of fun baseball stories out there to watch, but and we'll 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 turn our eye more to them. Out, obviously, after the NHL and NBA playoffs, 
Bill, let's go one more sport. If you, unless you want to hit on soccer, Todd's not here. Um, golf. Uh, just a quick story. Tiger Woods decided he's not going to play until the PGA Championships. He's out for four more weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, well, four weeks funny. total from yeah. Four, four weeks total. Um, it was funny on Twitter when it was announced. Uh, like the number of people on the thread saying like he's going to skip the U.S. Open and British Open. Uh, <laughs> just you know, uh, golf fans that aren't aren't aware. But um, just your thoughts on Tiger. I mean, look, Tiger knows Tiger. I'm not going to say it's a good call or bad call. No, that's the answer. You 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 have the only answer. Tiger knows Tiger. He doesn't. Yeah. If he feels he doesn't need to play, he doesn't need to play. Um, yeah. And he, listen, if, if, he, if, he, if, he, if he doesn't, if he doesn't right. win a Beth Page, if he doesn't win a Beth Page, people will say it was a bad call. No. If he wins a Beth Page, people will say it was a great call. Nah. Right? If he if he's in the top, well, if he's a, if he has a top ten finish at Beth Page, that's fine. Think yeah. about it. You know, yeah. it's it, it, we, we, we we've done it ever since he 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 uh, dominated. Right? Oh my God! <laughs> we, we, it's just like if Tiger didn't win a major, he sucked. Think about that. Do you say that about any <laughs> other player ever in the history of anything? You know, he didn't win the major, so he sucks. I was like, wow, talk about setting a bar so high. You right. can never get there, right? He did that to himself. Meryl Streep didn't win. She sucks. <laughs> he, he created all this competition. He did that, right? Every yeah. one of these kids that are trying to kick his ass, and sometimes they will, are because of Tiger. I mean, he's there's no, you know, look, I know Gretzky, Jordan, you can say these names, but I'm telling you, hands down for me, it's still Tiger for what he did for that game at that time. Yes. Jack did it 30 years before, right? I, I get that. Diff- different world, though. But different different TV, world. Different coverage, yeah. different. But back, listen, Bill. Think about it, yeah. You know, you're, you're older than I am. We're both, hey, we're easy, both, easy, hey, we're, we're both older than Shay. The fact <laughs> is, is that back in the day, the only people that cared about Jack were golf fans. Right. The people gotcha. that cared about Tiger are sports fans and just humans. Everybody on earth knew who Tiger because, was. Well, most people on earth because, knew who Tiger was. Yeah. You know, you, you go, you go to a hundred malls in America. You ask a hundred people who Jack is, you're going to get Nicholas Nicholson. You know, <laughs> you'll, you'll get a bunch. You say Tiger. That's all you there's, say. There's really no question. Yeah. Really yeah. no question. So, yeah. and, and Shay, Shay, I know you're not a golf fan, but Tiger not playing until the PGA three, three and a half weeks from now. Does that impact you as a fan watching on the weekends. Yeah, that means I can sleep in on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and, and being serious, so you're living Dude, out it comes on it, it comes on at noon or one. You're sleeping <laughs> exactly. in. Wow. That's, that's that, we talk, we, we talk about the impact that Tiger has, right? So um, I was one of the ones who woke up at 6.30 a.m. on Sunday morning to watch Tiger in the last round at Augusta. Yeah, right? Nice. And oh, you're talking right, about a guy who, who doesn't care about golf. But the fact yeah. that they moved the tee times up and the time difference being on the West Coast, I did it. I, I want to know if you're going to be up for the British Open at one thirty when he tees off one thirty Portland time a.m. Well, you'll still be up, so you can watch. Oh, I, I won't even be in the house. Yet. <laughs> Do they show that at the bar? <laughs> hey, we need to we need to plan, Bill. We should plan the uh, me you me you and and Todd head out west for the British oh, Open. God, and we do a we do a live coverage. <laughs> we'll all be wide awake. Shay will be coming home. Yeah, no, you'll no. I won't be wide awake. I mean, I might be five houred up or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, well, we're gonna skip soccer. We'll let yeah, Todd wrap that up next week. Todd. Yeah. Um. All right, guys. Let's let's wrap up. Shay, you are in Atlanta today. Rest of the week, tell us when you get back home. Obviously, your, your boys start tonight, your hometown team, the Trailblazers. What's, uh, what's your schedule for the week? Um, a lot of Churchill Downs, a lot of Louisville action. Nice. Uh, so cool. I, 
Yeah, I hit over. Lots of on photos the- on the stare down thread, okay? Please, please. I can do that. I can do All that right. for you guys. All yeah, right. I hit over on Wednesday, headed to a gala on Wednesday. Here's an old school gang name that you guys may know R&B singer Babyface. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Going so old going school, a, nice. Yeah, going to a formal on Wednesday. Babyface is performing, and then uh, Thursday, you know, the party start to uh, to gear up a little bit. Friday, the Kentucky Oaks they just did the uh, drawing for pole position today, and uh, the fav- the morning line favorite Bella Fina was two to one uh, odds. Two year, olds, two year olds in that race. Uh, they are the three year olds, but they are the Phillies. Oh, gotcha. Sorry. Okay. So your three year old Phillies. Okay. Um, yeah, so Bella Fina uh, draws a great post position. That's a name to remember. We'll talk. I'm sure we'll probably be talking about her next week. And then uh, the big race is on Saturday. Derby Day is on Saturday, and they'll they'll do the drawing for pole positions on that tomorrow morning. So, couple early favorites in the der- Derby. Couple names we should be thinking about. Who are they? Yeah, Omaha Beach. Ooh, wow. Omaha Beach. Um, Peyton, Peyton Manning horse. Omaha. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Um, winner of the Arkansas Derby there with Omaha Beach, and also okay. you had two Bob Baffert horses. I'm not oh. sure if you're in the horse racing. You know yeah, I know Bob, Bob Baffert. Baffert. Yeah, um, he's got two um, that are probably will will be in the top five morning line: uh, Roadster and uh, Improbable. Cool. Are, are you excited okay. about a five thirty? You know, starting time instead of two thirty on the West Coast. Do you like that better? I'm just curious. Uh, I do. I, okay. I don't know. In the West Coast, it's just a little different. Different. It's, it is. Different. Um, you're just you're kind of in the middle of the day, so you got to yeah. kind of plan your day around it. Yeah, it's funny, Bill. For us, it's like we got to finish it. Not only golf, and then for me, I got to get home, cut the grass. Yeah. You know, and then you settle in and watch the, the dirt. Well, you, you wait until they sing "My Old Kentucky Home." Then you kind of go in. They walk the horses up. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but in, 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 in California, that usually the post time was right around two thirty, two forty. You know. Now here, here's the quick question I have for you guys. Who won last year's Kentucky Derby? American Pharaoh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> way off. No, last year's Kentucky Derby. Um, he's, he can't look it up because he's on his phone. Geez, I can't even remember the name. It slips my mind. Do you know, Sean? I think it's American Pharaoh. But no, it's, that was a – American Pharaoh was the last one to win the Triple Crown. Yeah, that was, um, that was That was last year. I'm typing it in right now because we don't want to look like those people. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky Derby 2018. It was American Barrel. It was huh? Then I'm the man. Yeah, but isn't that funny? Yeah. But like you said it, yeah. but not with confidence. And <laughs> you no, know, I was very confident. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, that's why when I said, Are you sure? And you're like, No. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. No, um, was it American Pharaoh? No, yeah. It was justified. There you go. Justify was like three years ago, dude. No, Justify no. was last year. Justify was last year. He was the one. Are you still looking, Sean? Because <laughs> no, I want to know the answer to this. Someone I got. I'm this getting it right now. Get my my whole point is, no one cares about the Kentucky Derby until it's Kentucky Derby week, and and then and then everybody acts like they they're horse fans. Like Shay, you're going to the race, but you're going to the party where there <laughs> actually happens to be 2018 winner Justify. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going backwards from there, American Pharaoh. Um. Oh wait, that's not in order. Never mind. Rewind okay. the tape. I believe. I believe Shay said justified. Um. So <laughs> that's a TV series. He just got a little confused. I think you know. So he. It's yeah. All, right. But it's anyway, Bill, how about you, man? What do you got come up this week? You uh, great, great interview last week with the girl from Bomb Bomb. Love that. Uh, Alicia Baruti. Yeah, she yeah. was good. 
this week, it's uh, someone who, Wendy Thatcher, who works for Chicago Title in Portland. She's recommended a couple guests for me. This is Alicia Alcantara, who founded Encompass Real Estate. Mm. Um, Shay, you got to hook up with Alicia. She's super smart woman, um, doing some great stuff in the real estate space. Uh, I think she's just amazing. And so really good episode. You're going to hear about, she's just a, a woman who's trying to make a difference. Uh, so really super thrilled to have her on the show. So that, cool. and what else? I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm local this week. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I'm, I'm two weeks away from my trip to, uh, Beth page. So uh, Kevin and I are dialing in dinner plans and so other cool. things. Yeah. yeah. So what, what, where we'll be hanging out on the island. And if we do make it into Manhattan for a night, uh, that's a, still a possibility. So we're working on that. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, for me, guys, I, uh, I, as we record on Monday night, it's uh, off to my next speaking gig. I head out to Walla Walla, Washington, a city so nice they named it twice. Walla Walla. Um, one of my favorite spots. I've actually been out there to work with those guys a couple of times. Um, I leave tomorrow. I fly through Vegas, then to San Jose, into Boise. Never been to Boise, Idaho. So I'm going to wake up on Wednesday morning in Boise, explore the city a little bit, drive through Eastern Oregon, Shay, other side of the state from you, uh, head up into Walla Walla, um, doing four presentations, spending two days with these guys from Cole Banker first and Cole Banker Tomlinson in a really cool uh, theater that they, the uh, owner of the Cole Banker first realtors uh, is partner in. Um, Bill, I, I told you this earlier, but so Shay, let me ask you. So I specialize in PowerPoint presentations along with my presentations. I'm doing four sessions, four oh four workshops with these people. How many slides do you think I have in my presentations? Four sessions. Four slides. Eight. <laughs> I have 877 slides. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm, see, it's funny because I talked to someone earlier and they, they thought you probably put a slide up there for an hour and talk and I, nope. So I, but I'll roll through 877 slides, 25 videos. In four hours. Some amazing stories. Now, those are that's 12 hours worth of presentation, Bill. Oh, do you have some uh, continuing ed in there? Nope, nope. It's just just I'm doing three, three hour, four three-hour sessions uh, plus a, a one-hour. Oh, you didn't tell me they were three-hour sessions. Wow, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Holy yeah. And no, no credit for that? Nope. No hours. Nope. Wow. Nope. Okay. I mean, I could, there are probably some States I could apply for it. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, it's just total content, uh, delivery. So how far from Spokane are you in Walla Walla? Uh, about three hours. Oh, okay. So um, too, 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 too far to go to Coeur d'Alene. Well, yeah. Well, I've been there last okay. time. I, last time I flew in, I went into to Spokane and drove down through cool. Pullman, saw Washington state. Yeah. Um, and so, but for a chance for me as a, as a, nature fan I, you know to fly to boys and go up to eastern oregon yeah see mountains. yeah just just good I'll, I'll send you all some pictures but guys it's gonna so be a fun I, night you might want to look it up i want to say um um what was the patriots quarterback that gave up his job to tom brady drew bledsoe drew, drew bledsoe i think drew bledsoe has a winery up in walla walla hmm. yes i think he does nice yep it's a great little city it's an amazing little winery uh high high deserts what they call it and um so if drew has a spot there i'll go and get a beer yeah, I was going to say, Shay, he doesn't drink wine. But, uh, Shay, do you, John, do you know how to use a corkscrew? I do. You do? I do. I can open a bottle of wine, yes. I think you're lying, but go ahead. Continue. Yes. Right. Next week's episode, I will open a bottle of wine. On, on air. I want to see it. Okay, good. So, all right. Hey, guys, on behalf of Todd, who's somewhere answering trivia questions in 
some panhandle city in Florida. And Shea Brewer, our affiliate from Washington. Or Portland, just, Oregon. Just north, <laughs> just north of Oregon. <laughs> and Bill Risser down St. Pete. I'm Sean Carpenter. Thanks for listening to The Stare Down.